Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee Lavalle McKenna, and I bring my 30 plus years as a recovering addict and ex crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on spirituality, psychology, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about underbeing. And I was introduced to the concept of underbeing through a little known 12 step fellowship called Under Earners Anonymous. And the 12 steps are this really practical system of personal growth, healing, and transformation that's applicable to just about every area of a human life where we might have dysfunction. And I did a podcast on the basics of the 12 steps. If you'd like to learn more about that, it's podcast number 61, 12 Steps for Everyone. And although the 12 steps were first created to deal with alcoholism, people soon realized that these powerful principles could be applied to other areas of our life as well. One of the first secondary 12-step fellowships was Al-Anon, the first of the relationship addiction fellowships for friends and family of alcoholics. Because being close to a drunk will make you crazy. (laughs) Or more accurately, evoke the crazy that already lives within you to such an acute and excruciating experience that friends and family can do their own personal growth work and find peace, wisdom, and inner prosperity whether the addict in their life gets clean and sober or not. And there's a bunch of relationship programs dealing more or less with codependency, Codependence Anonymous, often called CODA, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, which is spun off into a whole bunch of really wonderful programs dealing with sexual function and dysfunction, like Sex Addicts Anonymous. And although the bulk of the 12-step fellowships work with substance or process addictions, like drugs, alcohol, food, gambling, or work addiction, I've heard it said that finance and romance are the final frontiers of personal growth and maturation. And I think it's true. And so Debtors Anonymous and Under Earners Anonymous were born to provide a way for people to apply the spiritual principles of the 12 steps to the issues around money. I have a very good friend who was clean and sober for over 20 years, but still really suffering under the stress and anxiety of old, outdated, and dysfunctional financial systems. And she was in this really pretty crazy marriage with this super interesting and creative guy who was both a money pit and a financial disaster. He had what I call a red thumb. (laughs) Everything he touched turned to shit. He had all these wild ideas that were extremely expensive all the time for a business and get-rich-quick schemes. My friend is a very diligent and hard worker, and she really wanted her husband to be a success. And so she was constantly shelling out ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 on some extravagant video and lighting setup so that he could become a professional videographer, along training for this new age energy and healing contraption that she might even be still paying for so that he could become a healer. They had this huge plastic tank in their backyard half filled with yellow fluid. I said, what the hell is that? She said, oh... Doug's collecting cooking fat from local restaurants to create biodiesel as a new business venture. And poor Doug, who has a classic case of underbeing, 
has not found financial healing or recovery, but my friend ultimately separated and divorced from him and was able to find her own really profound transformation of financial manageability and healing. It didn't happen right away because Doug was such a train wreck, actually more like a scheduled series of train wrecks, which she was constantly trying to reschedule, avoid, or clean up after, that she really thought the problem was him. And not that Doug doesn't have a whole bunch of problems, but the people in our life, especially our closest friends and primary partners, are never a coincidence. We handpick them because our brilliance and our brokenness usually fit together perfectly. And it took a little while for her to realize that simply removing Doug from her life did not solve her financial problems. She was still constantly feeling this immense pressure. She was never doing enough. She was always behind or late, robbing Peter to pay Paul, as they say. And one of the big gifts of the ending of that marriage was her opportunity to face, take responsibility for, and recover from her own financial dysfunction. And the transformation was truly miraculous. And I have come to believe that evolution is infinite. It is boundless and edgeless. And whatever path or practice of spiritual or personal growth you pursue, there is always room to expand those principles and grow and mature in other areas of your life. Usually the ones we don't want to look at or feel no hope about, and those are the ones that generally need the most work. My friend continues to apply the structure and balance and very practical self-caring tools of Debtors Anonymous in her life. And although Doug's doing okay, he has not done that work and remains a person full of potential that will likely not be realized in this lifetime. Because all those really cool, creative ideas that he had were actually valid, but he was unable to follow them through in any kind of a sustainable or successful way. And that is the plight of underbeing, the burden of potential, that we all have a part to play in this drama of life. But unfortunately, many of us are reading lines that were given to us by family, culture, or our own misguided expectations of what or who we should be, and we're out of sync or connection with who we really are. Over the years, I've worked with many young and mid-age executives from Facebook, LinkedIn, Uber, being not far from Silicon Valley, and they got the Lexus and the apartment or the house the fat salary, the VP promotion, and they're miserable. They're overworked and completely unsatisfied with how they're spending their time 40 to 80 hours out of their week. And while Debtors Anonymous deals with people's debting, spending, and money issues, Under Earners Anonymous focuses on our relationship with time. And time is really what we have here in a human life. And how we spend it, very much like how we spend our money, because time and money are both about power in a way, how we spend our time really is up to us. And how much we assume or abdicate responsibility for how we spend our time, how conscious we are about what we do on a daily basis, and how we choose to use that time, determines the quality of our life and our experience of it. 
And if you feel like you are stuck in any area of your life, I'm going to tell you, you absolutely are not. You might not like the choices. They might be difficult, even excruciating, but we always have the capacity to create positive change, either in ourself or in our circumstances. I met a man once who was doing life in prison without the possibility of parole, and he was one of the wisest, most grounded, and peaceful people I have ever met. He did yoga and meditation, and he spent his days helping his fellow inmates to learn to read and to practice spiritual principles in their own lives. So for him, the answer to his own suffering was to accept his life circumstances and to change himself within them to become the best version of his Latino street gang criminal self he could be, and to use his experience to benefit others. And he has helped countless men. And although I am sure he would prefer to be living in an apartment outside the walls, he has deeply accepted that his life path is to have a ministry in the prison system. And although from an outside perspective, One might think that being a lifer in the penitentiary is a failure. It has been the catalyst for him to be the best version of his most authentic self. And he is a tremendous success and an asset to the community. And so this concept of underbeing is about not expressing the unique gifts and talents that each of us holds in the world for the benefit of ourselves and others. And whether or not we make money from those things is irrelevant. At the end of our life, we don't take our money with us, but we do take our life experience on a soul level. And many traditions would say that the good and the harm, the full or under-expression of our own deepest truth is calculated in some kind of algorithm at the moment or after our death and has a lot to do with our next incarnation. It's one way to understand karma, and I don't know if it happens that way, but I do believe that all things work for the greater good and evolution of the whole cosmos. In our personal growth work, our individual expression of our best self in the world is how we play our part in that evolutionary process. And our personal experience of joy and fulfillment or suffering and frustration is important information and a compass we can use about how to spend our time. The term underbeing can be found in some of the Harry Potter series, and it refers to people with some magical ancestry who have no magical powers. And from a holistic perspective, the unique gifts and talents that each of us has are our individual magical powers. If we're under being, from my perspective, we are not expressing those magical powers in the world. We are undervaluing our authentic self, often feeling unworthy, not good enough, too afraid to take the risk to follow our deepest desires, our wildest dreams, our greatest hopes. Perhaps from fear of failure, but often it's from fear of success. Some people overestimate their talents, but most people play too small. We may play it up big in the areas that are expected of us or that we think will impress our friends, family, coworkers, 
But deep inside, we may know we are not actually living our best life, which may or may not have anything to do with having a big bank account, a fancy job, property, prestige, or power. And so there's a couple of things we can do to check in with ourselves more deeply. I find the tool of writing and journaling to be invaluable. It not only allows me to access parts of myself that might only be a whispering voice and bring them out so I can see them, the act of writing brings what exists in my own non-ordinary reality into the physical world. And that's one of the first stages of manifestation. So taking some time to write a bucket list, a wish list, a wildest dreams brainstorm. I've done this many times in my life and usually find that in a certain amount of time I have completed that list and my log of wildest dreams and hopes continues to get bigger and more ambitious. And although certainly there are unexpected variables constantly coming, and we may trip over or fall into the next right thing, we are the captain of this ship of our own life. And it can be really helpful if you know where you want to go so that you can set the right course to get there. Now, I have started heading east and ended up being blown west more than once. But if I really want to change and enhance the quality of my life experience, it's helpful if I have some idea where I'm going and some sustainable, consistent actions that keep me on the path. And that brings me to the second tool, which is simply tracking how I spend my time. Honestly and without judgment, you can do it any way you want. There's all kinds of apps and tools for that. For me, I just like to have a notebook on my desk or kitchen counter. And whenever I pass by it, I write down what I've been doing. 20-minute shower, 30 minutes coffee, and Instagram, 45 minutes on email, 75-minute work call, 15 minutes walk the dog, three hours of Netflix, two hours of YouTube shopping or internet porn, 90 minutes on the phone with that person I would rather not talk to, and how much time did I spend today writing this script for my Netflix series, working on that painting, or learning how to speak Italian? Getting honest about how I spent my time was kind of mind-blowing because it showed me in black and white how little focus, time, and effort I was actually spending on the things that I felt were most important to me. And it clarified that I was spending a tremendous amount of time on things that were neither nourishing nor important to me. And when we track our time in this way, we don't even have to change anything. Again, this is just about really getting honest. And one of the things I saw was that I was spending a tremendous amount of time helping other people, which may make me feel good or be perceived as an altruistic person, but feeding my ego often doesn't feed my soul. And at that point in my life, I was actually subconsciously avoiding doing the things that would bring me the joy and fulfillment I deeply wanted. And this is part of the conundrum of being human, to resist change, even if it's positive. And it can take a lot of effort. We may need extra help to be able to reset the rudder of our ship, fire up the engines, and set the course toward our own goals, hopes, and dreams. So put down the phone, shut off the podcast, get out a piece of paper, write that list of wild dreams, 
and consider how you might start spending time to make them a reality. One of my favorite quotes from Richard Bach, he wrote Jonathan Livingston Seagull, a really iconic little book on the rewards and perils of being your most authentic self. This quote is not from that book, but he said, we are never given a dream without also being given the power to make it come true. We may have to work for it, however. In my experience is we do not work for it alone. The universe will rise to meet us, and we may gather many new and interesting companions along the way. Thank you so much for listening. It's a very strange experience to create content and not have the feedback loop of live humans. Most of you I've never met, though I wish I could. So I would really value your feedback through reviews on Spotify or iTunes, a DM on Instagram. You can reach me at Renee LaValle McKenna or shoot me an email, info at ReneeMcKenna.com. It is my deepest hope that the content I create is actually helpful to other people, but I'm not always sure. So I'd really love to hear what you think. And any suggestions for topics or specials would be greatly appreciated. We had the first meeting of our Shamanic Experience Facebook group. It's a companion to our Open Door Digital course, Intro to Shamanism, Lower World. It was a great practice group, deep sharing and inner journey work. And if you're interested, we're offering 50% off of that digital course to podcast listeners for this week. We'd love to have you join us. At this point, we're meeting on Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, but there'll be other times and lives going forward. It's a great growing community of like-minded seekers. There's a link and a promo code in the show notes. Thanks as always to my generous supporters on Patreon. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaValle McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.